0: Welcome to the Life Over Coffee podcast, conversations for transformation. Hello my friends, thank you so much for joining me. My name is Rick Thomas and this is Life Over Coffee. I am doing a second part of what I think is going to be a three part series on communication. If you haven't listened, if you haven't watched or read, the first uh, part that I did uh, is titled The Most Perfect Relationship That You Can Have. And so I want to build on that. The most perfect relationship that you can have is your relationship with God. And then as you begin to engage other people... On the horizontal, you want to share your full experience with God, with that person. And so that's what I want to talk about here very briefly in part number two, having an intimate relationship with one other individual. Now, I've titled this leading your spouse in intimate conversations. Now, the assumption will be that uh, this will be uh, for couples. You are married and you want to have the most intimate communication that you can possibly have. Well, if you are building on part number one, then this is this will be perfect for you because I want to continue to explore that And then as I do part number three, I want to break it out into the community to where we can take our experience with God that we're building relationally with one other individual. And then part number three, we break it out into community. And so I have titled this leading your spouse in intimate conversations. Now you can read this full article, you can watch the video, you can listen to the podcast, and I would really appreciate it if you would share this resource with me. With others and again it would be awesome if you put all three of them together this would be an excellent study Uh, For someone or a group of people to go through a husband and wife, this would be an outstanding homework assignment, actually. Uh, It would be fantastic. Uh, But there is a caveat here. You really do have to be in a place of maturity uh, because what I am going to require, uh, what I'm going to suggest is that uh, you are talking intimately with each other, which implies vulnerability and and weakness. And, And so there is a stewardship issue of getting that into that depth of a conversation with another person. And I realize that every husband and wife is not not at that place. Uh, they're, they're not able to be transparent, not, not able at this moment to be vulnerable with each other because of how the relationship has maybe spun out of control. But if you are in a place to where you can do this, or counselors, if you're counseling someone, a couple, and, and you are or discerning that Maybe it's time for them to really get into the nuts and bolts of communication because they're at that place and they just need a good sound resource uh, to push on across the finish line. Well, I would encourage you to get this three-part series on communication. Again, the first one was titled, The Most Perfect Relationship That You Can Have With Anyone. And again, that is your relationship with God. This is part number two, leading your spouse in intimate conversations. And so now what you want to do is you want to take your relationship with God and you want to share it with your spouse. I want to get into that in just a moment. But I do want to, I have an appeal for that, that all of you can participate in, and so I, w- I want to ask a question, and it's a two-part question, and so you pick how you can um, participate In uh, this uh, appeal, Uh, one we need people supporting our ministry, Uh, our our product, our resources. We give away, we give them away freely, and I want you to do that. I really do. I want you to share them with one thousand of your closest friends, and that is a huge. I mean, it's a it's a a huge source of encouragement. But more importantly. I believe in what we are doing here, and hundreds and thousands of other people do also, and so I know that these resources work, that God is using them and he's blessing them, and so we do want you to share them. But we provide them freely, and so I just want to make an appeal, if you are able to make a one-time donation, would you do that? Or if you're able to support on an ongoing basis, would you do that? Uh, If you are a supporter, uh, we have a free forum for you as well, just for our uh, financial partners to where you can talk with us in a reciprocal way back and forth. And that is for you as a supporter if you want to take advantage of that. It's one of the ways that we honor our uh, supporting community. Now, if you can't make a one-time donation or you can't support on a monthly or annual basis, then will you pray? If you have benefited at all by this ministry, will you pray and ask God to bring financial partners with us, uh, to us, to help us? Because again, uh, we give the store away. There's a lot of people that put all this together and well, we have to pay our bills, and so that's why we need people underwriting this ministry. And I, I don't apologize for saying these things because we're, we're trusting the Lord by giving everything away, uh, but also want you to know the burden and the need that we have in this ministry. All right, so let me jump into part number two, leading your spouse in intimate conversations to fully release your Vulnerable and intimate soul to another person, you must know that that individual is trustworthy, not just trustworthy, but they will lovingly steward all of your inner truth. Uh, Sometimes we have pockets of silence that we carry. Uh, in our relationships because we don't want to share what i'm calling here an inner truth because the person that we might like to share these things with has proven themselves not trustworthy and we know that they can't lovingly steward uh, the things that we want to share and this is a huge hindrance in so many relationships and it's this quality this type of communication in a marriage. It's one of the husband's most critical leadership requirements as he leads his wife in proper communication habits. You see, we build our most vital and our profound relationships upon trust, and that is why we love God so much. We trust Him. Trust is why we share with him our deepest, our darkest thoughts, because we know that God will never condemn us. God will steward. He is trustworthy, and he will steward our uh, most secret thoughts. God provides a template for us to follow, to break down communication barriers, so that we can enjoy the riches of intimate communication you see trust is why we are okay with the father's corrective care when we sin because we know that he loves us you remember hebrews 12 6 whom the father corrects he loves he loves his children and we receive his correction out of that that bank of love his corrections flow out of his unending and unstoppable love for us This kind of love gives him an all-access pass into our lives. He is the unique and perfect example to follow regarding relationship-making. He is the person that we want to emulate. It took me a while to understand this regarding our marriage because I did not fully realize the importance of what I call the the for-us clause in the gospel. You remember what Paul said in Romans 8:31, if God is for us, who can be against us? I call that the for us clause in the gospel. If God is for you, who can be against you? And then Paul went on to explain what being for us meant as he doxologized about the gospel. He said this, He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Now that's just Romans 8.32. He continued to doxologize. Do you see what Paul did? He connected how the Lord is for us to a practical outworking of the gospel we can take this attitude of for us he doesn't condemn us he he sacrifices for us he dies for us can, he's for us and now we can live out that gospel truth practically he said the Lord was pr- for us and Paul proved his point by reminding us that the father sent his son his one and only son to die on the cross to save us And if a person is willing to die for you, you can rest assured that he is for you. He loves you inexhaustibly, and if he is for you to that degree, you know he can be trusted. The essential requirement to release your vulnerable soul to someone fully. And that is why we are willing to release our vulnerable souls to God fully because he's not only for us, but that that for us clause is impregnated with so many gospel realities of Christ coming and living and dying and ascending, taking on our sin, giving us an alien righteousness and never condemning us, but fully accepting us. This kind of gospel connection to your everyday life is not what I demonstrated to my wife in the early years of our marriage. I am not saying that I was a tyrant, and though we had many, many great times together, I was not fully and practically in tune with what it meant to be a gospelized man, as I have been describing. Yes, I was for her because nobody else would dare to mess with her. It's kind of like siblings, you know. You, uh, a brother will mess with his sister, but nobody else will mess with her. So you could say that he is for her in a most shallow way. But I was not for my wife in the way that the Lord was for me. And it's this gospel lack in my life that gave her pause when sharing her innermost thoughts and struggles with me. I was not trustworthy, not to the degree that I needed to be to release her from fear while inviting her to share with me in an open and vulnerable way. I had left just enough questions in her mind to make her wary of letting me fully into her world you see when we were dating there was hardly a thing that we did not discuss it was open season for conversa- conversation and all doors flung wide open as we shared our dreams and our fears the love flowed in those early days of dating we had not known each other but a half a minute We had not known each other long enough to become disappointed or discouraged with each other. Sin was present, but it had not affected us enough to shut us down relationally. That came later. Uh, Many of you know I call the dating season the artificial season in which two people fake each other out until they get married. Every day in the dating season is a reboot as you you let uh, your girlfriend go at the end of the day, and you go to your place, she goes to her place, and then you connect the next day. Every day is a reboot. Every day is great. But we tied the knot, and Lucia and I entered into a 24-7 relationship. The doctrine of sin became more and more of an issue. We were ignorant. We were two people in love with no sin plan, and that was really the problem. In love is great, but you have no sin plan. There's no plan when when sin enters into your relationship. There's no way of, of talking about it, getting rid of it. And because we could not get away from each other, we could not no longer keep our sinful ways masked from each other. Without training to wage war biblically, we waged war according to the flesh. Not a good idea. Let me give you just a few of our first fighting techniques. Some of the tools that you might find in any ungodly toolbox. This is what I mean by fighting according to the flesh. Here are some of the tools. Accusing, anger, arrogance. Blame, condemnation, criticalness, accusing, frustration, grumbling, guilt, justification, lack of confession, manipulations, pouting, rationalizations, selfishness, self-righteousness, shame, silent treatment, brooding, and unforgiveness. Those were just some of the tools. That's not an exhaustive list of all the tools that we use from time to time as we looked into our ungodly toolbox and it says oh i will just pull brooding out today and i will use that can you imagine any of these characteristics they create distance in a relationship with no possibility of biblical koinonia biblical fellowship biblical participation biblical communication And to further complicate matters was my unwillingness to own the crimes that I committed in the marriage. And that is where we were. We were religious, but we were distant. On the surface, we went to church, and I put that in air quotes, because technically you can't go to church. We are the church. And so on the surface, we went to the church meetings, the various church meetings we were religious people in the proper sense of that word we did ministry things we prayed and read our bible each day but there was distance between us imagine it we both had independent relationships with the lord relationships that did not intersect with each other it is possible to have made it to the end of our lives and still be together it is possible still be in church and still do ministry things in some way shape or form. I do not think those external activities would have changed much even though our spiritual lives were like two ships passing in the night. There was no connection at the deepest and richest parts of our lives. How sad when you cannot share your most treasured experience with the person you married the Lord is a fantastic gift but not mutually enjoyed like a couple sitting in bed playing video games on their devices with people around the world but not playing with each other I shared my experience with my friends Lucy shared her experience with God with her friends too But we did not have a shared experience with God with each other we could not connect at that soul level the depth of our God talk was it was talk about churchy things and churchy people but when it came to each other we lived happily on the outside but spiritually lonely on the inside And initially, I was offended that she would have spiritually intimate relationships with other people. This is how dumb I was. And as the Lord began to open my eyes, I began to see how I had set the tone for that kind of environment in our home. She did not shut down like that at the beginning of our relationship. No, dating, the love flowed. We shared everything, the good and the bad and the ugly of our lives. Lucia was open with me, and she longed for me to lead her into more openness. Of course, I had no clue about such matters, and so when she disappointed me, I responded with various forms of anger. Harsh words, silent treatment, accusations. I did not realize how my insensitivity perpetuated darkness in our home. Each unkind word was like a paper cut on her heart. And rather than owning my unkindness, I continue to wax on with my eye-for-an-eye responses to her. Most Christian women want their husbands to love and lead them well. They want to be vulnerable. I have described it to many couples like a person walking up to you with their heart in their hands, reaching it out to give you. Imagine standing there with another person's beating heart in your hands. That is the fragility. We live before the Lord, knowing that He could stomp us out in in a moment, yet we are willing to come to Him in that kind of vulnerability because we trust Him. He is for us. A wife will never do that with her husband if he has a proven track record of not being entrusted with the high honor of stewarding her heart. And that is what finally dawned on me. That is what I began to own. I had not created an environment of grace in our marriage. We were physically intimate with each other. We loved each other. We continued to do a lot of fun things together. But there was a no trespassing sign on her heart, and I was the one who put it there. So as you begin to process out of this, if you're in this situation, this is what we did to process out of this. I'm talking about repentance is what I'm talking about. You see, biblical fellowship koinonia, this kind of biblical communication, it is sharing your most profound and intimate relationship, which is your relationship with God. It is sharing your relationship with God with another human, and that is what biblical koinonia is. Now, there are two parts to your relationship with God. There's a good side, and and there's a, a bad side. There's a light side, and there is a dark side, there are positive aspects in your life where you are appropriating the Lord's grace and you're living in the strength of His victory through the resurrection. But we're not sinlessly perfected. There are other areas in your life where you have not yet applied the Lord's grace, where you're struggling You haven't gotten over or through this bad habit. You're still stuck, somewhat caught in certain areas. That's the the dark side. That's the bad side. But that is the full relationship that we have with God, both good and bad. He's still working on me. Biblical fellowship with another human being is when both people can share both sides of their experience with the Lord, the good and the bad. Trust is the key to living in this kind of fellowship. Can I trust you to steward my deepest vulnerabilities? Now, this doesn't happen on day one of marriage, it doesn't happen on day five, on, on the, at the five-year mark either. It is a continual progression of growing into that kind of of deep, vulnerable maturity through a lifetime of practicing biblical koinonia, as that trust becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And it became apparent that if I wanted to get into the deepest parts of Lucia's soul. Then I needed to lead her by being vulnerable myself to her. I needed to step up to the plate and guide her in biblical koinonia rather than waiting for her to show me. You go first. You be vulnerable first. And so if you're in this place and you're ready and you really want to get out of this spot, then husbands, I appeal to you. Lead your wife. In intimate conversations you go first and so what i did is i let lucia in on my dirty little secret my dirty little secret was i i was a failure as a husband now there's some irony here she was well aware of my dirty little secret she she already knew that i was a failure as a husband and and so as i began to let her in on my dirty little secret that i am a failure being vulnerable and weak before God and her. The more significant obstacle was my unwillingness to own my failure, which only affirmed that she could not trust me. You see, if a man is a thief but will not own his thievery, you cannot trust him. It's one thing to steal. It's one thing to be a failure as a husband. But to steal and not acknowledge your stealing oh well, that makes you a person that others will be doubly cautious with when they are engaging you a person who will not own his sin a man who a husband will not own his his failureness in in a marriage it's 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 one sin to fail and it's another sin to not own it well, there's trustworthy issues there's more than that There's also integrity issues, honesty issues, transparency, deception, self-righteousness. There's control issues. There's discernment problems on his behalf. Shall I go on with more reasons that caused Lucia to pause in her soul when it came to opening up to me? And so as the leader of my home, it was my call as to whether I would make the first move. My overbearingness put her on her heels and the empowering grace of God working through humility would begin to build the faith that she needed to trust me again. In the past, I would wait on her to open up and own her sin. And when she opened up and owned her sin, I could fake humility while feeling smug and self-righteous and grateful that she agreed with me that she had sinned. I mean, think about how punishing that had to feel to her. It could go something like this. Lucia sins, one. Number two, Lucia leads by owning her sin, three. I further condemn her through my arrogance and self-righteousness as I pontificate her sin and how she needs to change. That was the process, me waiting her out till she went first and then I would affirm that yes, you have sinned and I have been hurt by it in all of my arrogance and self-righteousness. That is not the plan. I honestly wanted Lucia to share with me her deepest thoughts. I did not want her only to find safety with others. It took me the longest time to realize That I needed to lead her into it if that was what I wanted. Getting her to open up was not going to happen by verbally digging it out of her, manipulating her through well-thought-out arguments as though communication was a competitive event. That was not going to work. And as for critique and shaming her, forget about it. That ain't gonna work either. The radicality of the gospel cuts against the grain of prideful men. Let me give you a few examples of the radicality of the gospel, the other centered, the the, the upside-down nature of the gospel. If I want her to be open up, to open up and be vulnerable, I gotta do something radical. I got to open up. And be vulnerable first. Here's a few illustrations of the radicality of the gospel. Number one, the way up is down. Philippians chapter 2, 1 through 11. The way in is out, Hebrews 13, 13. The first will be last, Matthew 20, verse 16. Life comes through death, John 12, 24. Man's wisdom is foolish. And God's foolishness is wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 25. To be strong, you must be weak, 2 Corinthians 12, 10. And if a man is going to lead his wife, he will have to learn how to serve her first. If Cornelia is the goal, then open the door of your heart and invite her to your authentic self. Please give her a tour. Do a walk through. Articulate in your failures, your fears, your weaknesses. Let her see and experience your vulnerability. Lead in humility. I've titled this Leading Your Spouse in Intimate Conversations. This is part 2 of what is going to be a three-part series. If you haven't read Or watched or listened to part one. It's titled, The Most Most Perfect Relationship You Can Have. I think that's it. And again, this one, part number two, Leading Your Spouse in Intimate Conversations. And then I'm going to come back with a part three as we break this out into the community. Imagine that if a husband and wife really get this and they're having that kind of koinonia, now they are partnered together and they can begin to impact their community with that kind of vulnerability and transparency. Everybody is not going to buy into that. That community will not be large. The requirement is too hard. You're dying to yourself. But as I said in the last, uh, in in part one, that if you die with two or three or four of these kinds of people, you'll be one of the wealthiest humans in the world. So before I wrap up, let me get into the call to action. I want to give you five questions, men, that you can share with your wife. This is just a suggestive way for you to consider how to approach this type of communication in your marriage. Now, if this kind of communication has not been the norm for you both husband it may be helpful if you prefaced these questions with something like this now you don't have to do this verbatim in fact i would encourage you not to because it needs to be your words but if you don't have a habit of transparency and vulnerability before your wife, then maybe you need, before you ask her, before you get into these deeper questions that I'm going to share with you, maybe you need to say something like this. Honey, if you ultimately knew I would not defend myself in, in any way or retaliate, how would you respond to these questions? Now, you're free to answer in any way you want to, and I will not defend myself, I will not correct you, I will not try to manipulate you into my way of thinking. I also will not bring this conversation up in the future in a punitive way. I hope for you to experience the grace of God in your life so it will release you to help me in areas where I have failed. That's the preface if it's not been your habit and experience to have these kind of deep and vulnerable conversations with your spouse. Do not say this if you don't mean it. The words that I just shared with you are not a technique. If you have a change of heart and if if your words are true, then here are some biblical fellowship starter questions as you share your thoughts about yourself, with your wife while drawing her out to give you her input. So you can consider these questions your, your starter pack of biblical fellowship questions. And so, number one, what is one area of your life where you regularly fail and cannot gain victory? What is one area of your life where you regularly fail and cannot gain victory? Talk to your wife about this area leading her to a conversation while asking her for help. That's a big question. Number 2. What is one way you have failed her? Talk to her about this, seeking her forgiveness and asking how how you can be more how you can more effectively serve her. So what is one area where you have failed her and as you talk ask for forgiveness as she clarifies as she answers, as she shares her vulnerable heart with this most vulnerable question. And so draw her out, ask for forgiveness, and then ask her how you can more effectively serve her. Number three, what is a fear that you have? Share that fear with your wife. You hold your heart in your hands while reaching it out for her loving stewardship. And then number four, Ask your wife to give her perspective on one of your blind spots, a thing you may not be able to see. Draw her out, appealing to her to help you see what you cannot see at this time. That's why you want to preface this conversation with, with, honey, you're absolutely free to answer this in any way, and I'm not going to react in any punitive way against you. I want us to engage in vulnerable conversations, and I'm going to lead by being vulnerable with you. Number five, this is the last one, and then the pain will be over. Ask your wife if she feels like you you are for her. The for, the for us clause of the gospel in Romans 8.31. Draw her out, appealing to her, to use specifics to explain her answer, whether you are, whether she thinks you are or are not for her. I have titled this, Leading Your Spouse in Intimate Conversations. Please jump on part number one. I'll have part number three as well, and use this as a homework assignment for those who are that serious about this kind of conversation. True koinonia in relationships. And then I'll come back with part three, and we'll, we'll break out this to a few people in your community so that you can build that wealthy, rich communi- uh, community of a few folks who, who want to talk on this level. God bless. Thanks for joining us. Learn more and get access to other resources at lifeovercoffee.com.